He's Jimmer. There's Christian. This is two PTs and a bag of chips. Welcome back. Today we are going to discuss scoliosis, and we will be reviewing the Albertan Kronkels, compliments of McKenna Hamner. Kronkels, natural Kronkels, also known as Vocals. Yes, this is the store brand version of the Vocal. So it's Ze zijn niet zo, de spiraal is niet zo strak als in de echte vocals. Yeah, they're a little uh, wider than the traditional vocal, which is a tight, circular. Like a, like a corkscrew. Yes, yeah, very similar to the uh, Frito's twists. Is that what they are? Sim- similar here, yeah. Very okay. similar here. Yeah. I believe it. Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, scoliosis. There's a, there's a couple main types. We're not going to discuss all the stuff. But really, no, this is just supposed to be like a insumira. An uh, the big uh, diagnostic factor for it would be uh, what's called a Cobb angle. And the Cobb angle is a, is a reference of curvature in the spine. And anything greater than 10 degrees is considered officially a scoliosis. Yes. But that could be a postural scoliosis that you could actively correct. Yes, that is a functional versus structural. And we'll get, we'll get into those for sure. Those are, those are the ones we deal with more often. Like a physical therapy standpoint, we we see a little bit of all of them, but but most people who come in that have a you know a secondary diagnosis of scoliosis, it's usually a functional versus structural question, and typically those curvatures are ten-ish degrees milder, yes, not not too significant or, or too severe. Uh, the more significant ones we we talk about uh, would be like adolescent idiopathic. This is going to affect. A small percentage, less than five percent of of kind of kids going through their their teenage years, their their growth spurt years, and so these are essentially individuals without any other cause for the curvature, and that, so idiopathic means sort of without a cause. Ones that are usually the most significant are going to be congenital, so these are spinal birth defect ones, or uh, or neuromuscular, so something that's caused by by another. Issues, so muscular dystrophy or, or cerebral palsy or, or some other kind of neurological disorder in there. Yep, they come in um, multiple varieties. The most common ones are either C or S scoliosis, and the C or the S has to do with the curve that the spine assumes. Um, so if you look at somebody's back and the spine is not straight like an I, but it's curved like a C, that would be a C scoliosis. And if it has a double curve, then it would be an S scoliosis. Functionally speaking, it varies a little bit. I mean, again, it depends on the severity of that angle a little bit. A lot of people can have a, a fairly large scoliosis and, and do a really good job in terms of compensation and not look to have much of a curvature at all, which is impressive. Functional, again, is, is much more related to a certain activity. If you are like a golfer or if you are a pitcher in, in baseball and you do everything kind of strongly one-sided, those will result in functional curvatures because the muscles on one side of your spine are much more used to stabilizing and the, the ones on the other side are much more used to contracting. And so in those cases, we always work on evening out strength and then also working and making sure we do activities Maybe not to the same extent as like a right-handed pitcher, but working on basically a left-handed pitching motion or, or motions that mimic that to, to definitely make get the body out of the groove of doing the same thing over and over. Yeah, you want to retrain the muscles on the opposite side to be able to contract as well instead of always relying on the right or left side to contract. So, yeah, exercises working on trying to get a little bit more symmetry. It doesn't have to be 
perfectly symmetrical, obviously, but getting a little bit more symmetry and getting a little bit more muscle awareness um, is very helpful. Within that same sort of structural realm, we can also have a leg length discrepancy, which then causes an obliquity, which is where the pelvis isn't level anymore, and that's going to obviously affect the spine above it. So in some cases, we can correct for that through simple shoe inserts, you know, just level out the, the legs a little bit. A lot of people, if it's less than, you know, a half inch or, or a few centimeters, don't really notice any impact from it whatsoever and have compensated for it for, for much of their adult or even adolescent life and see it as a secondary kind of issue. And it may be something you work on later down the road if they do start to have back pain, but a lot of people can live with it very comfortably for a long period of time. Yeah, I think the biggest issue with scoliosis, especially in, in young adults or adolescents or kids, is if it's progressive. So at that point, pediatrician will notice and they will look for scoliosis. They will notice that the curvature might be increasing. They're, they're keeping an eye on that. They will take x-rays. And if the angle continues to increase, then that's something that needs to be addressed, again, either through physical therapy exercises or, in worst-case scenario, they're going to have to stabilize the curvature with a fusion that usually will put a rod in. The reason for that is, and you'll see this with wheelchair-bound children, kids that have severe cerebral palsy or spina bifida or things that makes them wheelchair-bound, if you have a scoliosis, then it can actually, the curvature can actually create intestinal problems or compression or Difficulty De breathing is a huge De one. Yeah, decrease in lung capacity. or So then it becomes a much more dangerous issue that needs to be addressed. You can't really correct it from that point on. You can just stabilize it. So you can't crank it back to a straight spine. That's way too dangerous. So you just stabilize. You make a, they, they put a rod along the, the curvature of the spine and anchor that into the spine, and that will keep it stable. Yeah, there's uh, best practices guidelines in terms of surgical stuff. I mean, obviously, we don't make the decision on those things as physical therapists, but it's important to know the best results are typically if the curvature is 30 degrees or less and if intervention is, is done earlier rather than later. As soon as you get into the uh, kind of 30 to 50 degree range, surgery becomes tricky and is, is much more uh, there's a lot more issues for the individual following that surgery. And if the curvature is over 50 degrees, which is which is really quite significant, surgery isn't re really recommended at that point even. it's it's It becomes very, very dangerous at that point to try to correct that. And so early surgical intervention is in a lot of cases the best option if if that curvature is is progressing at, at a relatively steady rate as determined by, the physician and through through x-rays and that kind of stuff. So yep. obviously we, we love to get adolescents in here as soon as possible to start working on things so that at the very least, right, the curvature stops at a certain distance and doesn't progress from there, which will result obviously in less uh, surgical interventions needed. If it continues to progress, even with effective treatment, it's, it's, it's better to do something earlier rather than later. Yes, and it's, a, it's a very successful surgery as far as stopping the progression. As 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 um, impressive as it looks to have a rod inserted along your whole spine, it's 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 very effective, and sometimes it's it's better done earlier rather than later. Yeah, famous golfer Stacy Lewis had a, a scoliosis, and she's a LPGA star, if you will. And so, it's not something that, in a lot of cases, is going to prevent you from from living an active lifestyle. It's just something that will uh, limit 
other areas of your life, more internal issues, so breathing and digestion, and then for women, obviously, pregnancy. And so that's something that if you can do something about it early, you, you like to do that. Yes, in conjunction, obviously, with exercise. And even when, when you have um, the spine fixed with a rod, the need for exercises is still there. You still have to work on symmetry, on core strength, on scapular stability, on postural awareness, all those things. But, yeah, this, this is one of those instances where surgery can be very helpful. Uh, the other one we, we see most of probably is basically degenerative scoliosis, which is going to occur in adults uh, sort of as they age. This is usually 50 and above, again, in that kind of fun age range. And what's happening here is you see essentially uneven uh, degeneration of facet joints, which are one of the joints that make up the spine and the spinal column there. And if those don't wear evenly, then you're going to end up with some sort of curvature. And then again, in a lot of cases, these are due to certain activities. We play a lot of tennis or we play a lot of golf or we sit a lot with a chair and we face one direction. Whatever it is, it's something that usually we can, we can f narrow down a cause and we can certainly work to minimize the effects of that for you. Surgery in those cases is incredibly rare. I mean, yeah. I, I can't think of a case there, recently. Very rarely needed because it's not a super progressive problem. It's, it's usually just an asymmetry that has occurred and that becomes a little bit more apparent um, as we age. So, again, we're not looking at making you more symmetrical. We're just looking at trying to stabilize the spine a little bit better through various exercises that may include, you know, try to swing a golf club left-handed for 20, 30 shots when you're at the driving range. Or, or just pra practice that movement just to get you out of the, uh, the habitual pattern of doing everything with a right-handed movement or left-handed movement, whatever the dominant movement is there. Correct. Yeah. So, so in conclusion, if, if you find it, start working at it early. Don't let it get out of hand. It's kind of the big, biggest takeaway with, with a scoliosis. If you get it early diagnosis, so as an adolescent or, or, or less, uh, that's something you'll work pretty attentively with for several years probably. Uh, if you're uh, older and you, you've kind of got a mature skeleton already, um, typically something you can you can easily manage with uh, relatively small kind of changes to basically your activity as opposed to your lifestyle. Yeah, and, and for those with little children and, and that may have a, a slight scoliosis already, um, no need to panic. A lot of times that can level itself out as the child continues to grow, but it's definitely something that you want to keep an eye on, and that's what your pediatrician will do. One way to detect a scoliosis as a parent is to have your child bend over, and you'll see what's called um, a gibbous, where, or a rib hump, where one side, the rib or one side of your um, back is slightly more elevated than the other side. Um, so if you see something like that, you know, maybe mention it to the pediatrician on the next follow-up and then they can take a look at it. But no need to panic. Yeah, generally the pediatrician will, will look almost every time. So yeah. Especially once your, your kid learns to follow some directions. So <laughs> I have a problem with that. But. <laughs> yep. Oh, kids. All right, trivia. So last week's trivia... Who was the shortest president in height? Correct. As in vertically. Vertically, the least gifted vertical president. <laughs> As opposed to the tallest one, which everybody knows was Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Six foot four. Actually, he, he, had, a, he had a buddy who was relatively close. He did? Yeah. 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 I can't remember which one it was now, though. I don't so know. I think it was Johnson, but... Could it's be. also in the 6'4 range. But, but anyway, the shortest one, James Madison. James Madison. 5'4. Five, 5'4. Four. Five, four. A solid foot shorter than um, Abe Lincoln. Yeah. 
And uh, obviously for the times, not not super short for no. For that, that was probably pretty average back then. Yep. There's a lot of presidents that are actually in the uh, five four to well five five to five seven club. So yeah, five four wasn't yeah short. And also right. other interesting news. I just read that Jimmy Carter is the the oldest president ever, or the person. The person to have been president to live the longest. Yes. He's the oldest living president ever. Yeah. Congratulations, Mr. Carter. Yeah. So he... uh, he One of my favorites. Just passed George uh, H.W. Good presidential height trivia That's right. Uh, The chip. The crunkle. Crunkles. Oh, the chip to air ratio. Is that a larger chip? 55? 60? Yeah. It's a Dutch chip. We don't really take it all that precise. Yeah, we're kind of loose. It's good. It's all right. It's it's um it has uh, quite a bit of yeah quite a bit of crunkles that are um, broken off. But he's made the full hand carry journey from the Netherlands. So thank you, McKenna, again. Yep, thank you very much. Um, they taste just like vocals. Yeah, yeah. They're not as dense. I think. I think they're a little. Yeah, I think just um, the, the lack of tightness in the. Yeah, I mean they're a good snack. Uh, Snack chip. Oh, that's good. That's a good um, chip. These are great for dipping because they have all the crunkles. Oh, yeah. What do you dip them in? I've, I've never done the dipping really myself. In the Netherlands, we have like dipping sauces like oh, um, like Madeira is a dipping sauce. Or, um, Isn't that a purple uh, alcohol? Sure. Or a green um, one? Couldn't tell. Couldn't tell. Okay. All right. Uh, French dip is another one that's kind nice. of like mayonnaise and, and ketchup nice. combined. Nice. But uh, yeah, these are good dipping chips. These are good dipping chips. Awesome. You I mean, I'm going to go two thumbs down on this one today. Yeah, I'm going to go one. You're only going okay, one. but oh, wow. they're definitely not like okay. last week's. Are you really digging last week's? I can't really remember what they tasted like since it's been a week, but. Alrighty. Well, uh, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will definitely have a guest. Ooh, that's yeah. going to be good. It's going to be good. We're going to have a guest. So we will uh, be recording that, and that should be fun. We're going to keep that a secret who the guest is. I think we have to keep it a secret because uh depends who we record with first because that would be the one we'd air first. I see what you're doing Because we, we have multiple. Multiple guests. Guests lined up. That's a coveted sh- a spot. Coveted slot. They, we will either, well, it'll depend on who the guest is, which chip we cover, but it'll it'll probably be the SM Bamba. Which is a uh, peanut snack. Yes, I saw that. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. So it's it, it looks similar to a Cheeto, but it but it is not. We'll talk about that later. It that almost be way. like a Patachi Orloch. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. Uh, if you like the show today, tell a friend, follow us, review us, subscribe. Check out the website, reboundclinic.com, for more information. And uh, definitely keep up with our social medias to learn a little bit more. That's Jimmer. I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.